0: Hello future TJ Jonathan and Sarah and welcome to Watering Can where we watch some movies in prep of filming um Herb Garden. And today we're gonna talk about masculine, feminine, and before sunset at two separate <laughs> times. I thought like we were gonna merge them together. Perhaps. Or no. At the moment, I think we will only. Considering talk about... <laughs> we haven't seen it. <laughs> well, I figured like we were gonna have to like, pause recording and then come back. Oh. Oh. But if not, we'll just talk about masculine and feminine.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little hint What's for just... next time. A hint for next
0: Surprise.
1: time. Surprise. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah.
2: Jean-Luc Godard's 1966 uh, French New Wave classic.
0: <laughs> Is this considered French it? New Wave? We've
2: now seen it. Oh, absolutely.
0: I have never, I had never seen a French New Wave movie before. My, have you not? No, I have not. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> or I, I had never watched one knowing that it was French New Wave at the very least. Yes. My only contact for French New Wave is one time I was talking to Jackson. (laughs) And he was like, I absolutely hate French New Wave. What? And I was like, okay.
2: (laughs) Did he give reasons as to why?
0: He probably did. I cannot remember for the life of me. And this is like me very early (laughs) in my like film adventure career. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay. Cool. I, I could like see
2: him this. really enjoying it,
1: but that's sure. Such an opinion to have.
2: It's a valid one, <laughs> um, but it also—I mean—there are so many objective things that, like, that's such a specific point in time for where we are now, as far as the landscape.
1: Yeah, it feels like it has a lot of influence on.
2: One hundred percent. Done. Mm-hmm. Revolutionary, if you will. <laughs> Perhaps not this one specifically, <laughs> although, like, it is.
1: It's French and revolutionary.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do those things not kind of go hand in hand? <laughs> um, but, I mean, no, like, it is. It is objectively influential mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, clearly, I think. I mean, when you're going into it, watching it with the lens of, like, oh, this movement. Again, like just speaking generally, not about this specifically, but the movement itself, like when you're watching it, and you see these things that are like, "Oh, this could have been done today in so many ways
0: mm-hmm.
2: mm. anyway, okay, so um, I guess we can start by because I feel like this comes up a lot where you're like, "Should I like guess why blah blah, 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 blah. <laughs> do you want to explain what you think?" This is on the list for.
0: Ooh, that's a hard one. I would. I guess say yes, to the degree, yeah. For me, it's like the stream of the conversations because they they I know like they're in like vignettes or like chapters, but the chapters mm-hmm. always seem like painstakingly long. <laughs> and, um, it's also reflected, like in the shots of people, which I thought was really interesting that they stay on people longer than like yeah. the most comfortable. Um, and then they switch at weird times, but like the it's in, it just I could see how like it, what they call it, like mumblecore movies, <laughs> which is like you, friends I think Francis Haw they consider like a a mumblecore movie. But, but it's just like, it's just like a weird concept that like, it's weird that it's, it's weird that it's weird that, it's weird that for a movie to have so much dialogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say it's really like conversation based. I think that's, that would be my guess as to why it was on the list.
1: Okay. I think for me, it's just sort of the way that this movie captures like, the era in a way or like the social climate of a specific group of people and I feel like that's what herb garden is kind of good at doing but like the group of people instead of being what do they call it the children of uh Marx and
2: <laughs> you call Marx and coca-cola incredible yes that so good so, so good
1: are we I mean we are in a way also very similarly described but I think that um <laughs> this sort of present day artist like not quite so lost yet so lost generation um like the idea of capturing a feeling or like Mm a um common feeling of a generation is something that i feel like is i guess a commonality between this piece and the piece we're trying to work on okay
2: yeah no (laughs) i mean there's no i i don't with a lot of these I think there isn't a right answer as to like why as long as you feel like you got something I think I kind of a lot of it is just feeling based where it's like intuitively I see or I think of it and I see it as I'm scrolling through being like what should I put on here and I I see this and it just clicks that it feels like it would be beneficial for this but I think both of those things are conscious conscious reasons I think the dialogue i'm going to reference that criterion essay a lot because I think there was a lot to <laughs> pull from, from it, and I have all of these quotes yeah. that I like want to mention, and i didn't really sort through before this and it's mm-hmm. like long, so i'll just pick out little bits, but specifically <laughs> in reference to what you said t j there is uh one of the lines that he he says um about being the children of marx and coca-cola it's he says it carried along, it was carried along by the first great tidal wave of pop culture and consumption and seeing I think the idea of not to make it about stand culture or something, but just the the sort of modern understanding of fanaticism Mm
0: -hmm.
2: was born here with like Beatlemania and with all of these sort of things that just pop culture switched in the 60s in so many ways Mm -hmm. um and so I think that is a big part of it because that's so prevalent throughout the whole thing while not being I mean because it's kind of one of the first things of its kind it's not like oh this is clearly our modern understanding of what (laughs) pop culture is but there there is the youth culture the sort of unrest all of those things and then yes with the the dialogue of it it's so specific and there were so many things that i found out while looking at it and hearing that there was no shooting script for mm. the whole thing um what? yeah it basically it, like good <laughs> every night before they would shoot he had like a notebook and would draw <laughs> ideas and sketch things and like bits of handwritten dialogue and all of these things and that is, I don't want to say inspiring to me, but like that's how I feel like I. We were just talking about this the other day where I literally hate the <laughs> screenwriting format. And it's like that's not necessary. You know what I mean? I think things mm-hmm. like that can be so rigid, and seeing something like this that to me is really successful in what it is doing, to find out that it was made in a way that is also so untraditional, I think is really cool. And, um, for lack of a better word, inspiring. Yeah, but just um, sort of leaving room for improvisation in ways. But I think what we're doing with Herb Garden is clearly not the same thing as what the intention was here. Mm. So, So much of it does not necessarily need to apply. But like, yeah, that sort of interview style of interaction I find really interesting and mm-hmm. it feels like such a good way to get to know someone or something and I yeah I'll stop there
1: but <laughs> those actors oh my god can you imagine good for them <laughs> I was for
0: working gonna like that.
1: say that as like an act
0: a primary actor or it, a person who acts that sounds really terrifying to me I think that it also was like I don't know, part of me is like, that's not my job, you know, to create, like, I was, but I guess it's like, if they if they were hired under the pretense of, or, or the context of, like, you're working on the script, I think it would be different, but if not, I'd be, like, terrified <laughs> to do that. Mm-hmm.
2: I think with, um, I guess, not, it obviously did not start with the new wave, but a big part of it is the lack of, um, like the rigid following of a narrative and how Mm -hmm. much more kind of philosophical things got. And obviously in this compared to Herb Garden, like there's much more of an emphasis on the narrative of what we're doing and building the characters rather than like Mm -hmm. the characters being, being vehicles or symbols for what it is that's going on around them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I also love that, like, although we aren't improvising because um, I think in particular with the stargazing scenes, they're so pulled directly from the way we speak mm-hmm. about life and these big concepts that like, despite not being improvised, they're direct recreations of mm-hmm. very real and candid conversations that sort of follow that interview style just because that's how we talk about mm-hmm. things in a way that I think gives a, a similar feeling, if not actually being as candid, yeah. I suppose.
2: No, my guess is that a good chunk of these conversations probably took place between them. And I feel like I was going to say this too, um, but with this style of filmmaking, I, I feel like there has to be some sort of camaraderie and knowledge of what it is that you're getting into in a, not to be like when we were talking about, um, how all of the people involved in doing anything with Luca Guadagnino, I feel like it's so specific because it's like I I don't feel like certain things can be made without that prior connection or like mm-hmm. it goes beyond. Here's a script, let's shoot it. It's like you're creating something personal,
0: and there's wow, you're making
2: it mm-hmm. in that
0: in both ways of like you're trusting like your director to like. Lead you to like a good end project and like the director trusting the art, the, the actors to create like his exact or their exact vision without mm-hmm. laying out like the step-by-step instructions.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's also good.
2: Okay. Hey, what a thing. Um, Going into it, I guess. What were your expectations, and how do you feel like those changed after having seen? Should I just guide this as far as questions go, or? No? Yeah.
1: Yes, please. So we okay. seen. I appreciate that. Okay.
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't really know what, what I expected because, like, I had never heard of it like at all, and like I have never heard of Mister Jean, whatever his <laughs> name is. <laughs>
2: Sorry to this I man, man on the, the night after his birthday.
0: I know. I just, I just found out his birthday is today. Um,
2: JLG.
0: But, so I don't know really, what I expected going in, and I feel bad that I fell asleep, but <laughs> <laughs> I did think it, overall, I don't know if I liked it. I... I thought it was a little boring, <laughs> clearly, as I fell asleep. But I, I was, as I was thinking about it last night, and TJ also kind of touched on this. Is like it feels very like lost generation, and very much reminds me of like Ernest Hemingway. And I feel like I don't like it for the reasons why I don't like um, the sun also rises. Of like this almost kind of feeling of, I guess, jealousy of like. I too wish I could ru- run around France and have some, like, political, like, motivation, but, like, mm-hmm. very, like he's not, like, I mean, he was in the military, they said, but, like, he is fine and not fighting in the Vietnam War. <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. um, this, like, sense of, of privilege, then that's, mm-hmm. that's where my envy comes out of. And therefore, I'm, part of me is, like, of course I would love to live that. And the other half of me is, like, I hate that they get to live that. Um, and also, like... He just... And I know it was the direct Like, he's... What's his name? Paul? He's him. But like, he's not cute. He, he did not deserve, like, all these, like, beautiful women. like having I feel like experience.
2: they were all really annoyed with him throughout the whole thing.
0: I mean, yeah. But they're also, like, that scene when... I don't even remember any of their names. I feel horrible. I know, that's fair. But like the blonder looking one when she's eating the uh-huh. apple at the end, talking with the the other guy who's his friend. so
2: gross. That guy was real that gross. That guy is
0: real gross too. But like, they're all annoyed with him, but there's like this still like essence of like they want to be the object of his affection at some point. Interesting. That I feel like I got. And like, of course, he's annoying. So like the annoyance comes out, but I think at the end of the day, like they were all a little bit in love, obsessed with the idea, but mm-hmm. like um, I'm I'm kind of glad he died. <laughs> like, I don't know how he died. I don't know if they would push him out of a window, but I don't know if I put it past them. But it does. That's not my first instinct. But it, I feel like though it was kind of like my first film encounter where I was like, I didn't really like this, but I really like some technical parts of it that I yeah. appreciated.
2: I that almost to me a lot of the times I like more than things that I do <laughs> like. Like where I'm like, I didn't like that, but I but there's something there. Yes, I think that's a, a for me at least.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm
2: something that I am drawn to but anyway to touch on what you were saying the it was a lot more political than I remember and I don't know maybe just the point that I was at in my life when I watched it why that didn't stick with me as much as other things did um Mm -hmm. but it is very very political and I think there are a lot of things um or a lot of moments where certain things are touched on as far as racism, that that subway scene is like really interesting to me. And so many of the moments that we do see, obviously because he's the main character, like from his perspective or like the story is not about those people and it, it, they're included because of, this being a representation of the times and so in that respect i think there's a lot of like really interesting things yes yeah that's fine that's fine excuse the interruption
0: we need the little like recording signs on air. Yeah,
2: I <laughs> <Flag laughs> nineteen uh, minutes. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying, but yes, the the sort of privilege of it where it's they're just walking around and drinking coffee and talking and being able to do whatever they want while all of this stuff is going on in the world. Mm. Um, it's at a
0: distance, like the political involvement yeah, is at a distance. Yes,
2: that's uh, speaking of distance. There, I, I'm going to bring up another of the quotes that I uh, <laughs> wrote down. But he says, the "special aura of masculine feminine comes from its double focus. The sense that Godard is watching his characters from a great distance and judging them for their venality and banality is counterpointed by a secret empathy, a fleeting tenderness." And I think that is. One of the biggest things in it, where it's like, especially Paul, but like a lot of the characters are just like annoying, and like (laughs) it's like, why are you doing this? I don't want to be around you. It's (laughs) like, it, it, but it's like these are people, and so like things that you've seen, and just the entitlement Mm. and the the grossness contradicted and sort of juxtaposed by their activism I don't know it's just Mm -hmm. I think it's a really interesting place because I don't think they're ever not that they're I mean they are kind of vilified they're not I don't think shown to be like a good people per se like I don't think it ever really Mm -hmm. takes a side it just is like presenting them other than I mean, that's not true because there's so many... Well,
0: it's also, I think, in reflection to our time of, like, the very, like, Instagram activists, mm-hmm. it's just like, <laughs> like, reflection of kind of, like, people yeah. who are involved but, like, still have some level of complacency in whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. And then... That-
2: where you post a selfie and the caption is. Anyway, um, Breonna Taylor's murder still haven't been And it's like, don't make it a <laughs> meme.
0: Exactly. Ma'am. <laughs> and I feel like that's essentially, you know, like he painted on that guy's car. Mm-hmm. And then like went to go. I don't even know what happened. next. seen probably get drunk. But like. The same, or like, be
2: misogynistic the, to all the women. And, like
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's the same kind of. And it's not necessarily. It's like this gray area of like. That literally people, sexually like, harass like
2: that. women for an hour and 40 minutes
1: yes the like line between like trivialization and involvement mm-hmm. at some points it's like oh wow like this person is really in everything that they do making sure to make a statement but at the same time like are they making a statement just to say something like is there any follow-through mm-hmm. and I think that um not to jump back to what you were saying about distance but I think that as far as my experience with the film like and having no expectations and one. I think it's just like, I really, <laughs> I obviously didn't love the misogyny and racism and like other parts of this that could be uh, well critiqued. <laughs> I think that I found it really enthralling. Like I really love stuff like this, especially like the long shots where you just stay on one person. Um, the dialogue that feels like it's almost gone on too long and yet incredibly revealing. Like I love the idea of intimacy or like, conversation I love the idea of intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all <laughs> <laughs> but like the way it's presented here i think is something that I, I lean into um or at least in the photography i both make and consume or choose to pay attention to i think that the way it's framed catches a lot of um I don't want to overuse the word candid, but there's something really beautiful about these actors and the way that they're filmed, and I don't think it's everything to do with what their I mean appearance. About the
2: European architecture, <laughs> I'm telling you, the the apartments in France when you can start the shot facing the kitchen and literally just rotate the camera and they walk through three rooms into the living room
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: doorways exist. It's so good. <laughs> continue sorry
1: oh yeah no I'm looking at my notes because I'm trying to well I, I, was I, was I
2: um uh, I like that you bring up the sort of energy of it because I feel like there, mm-hmm. it, like all the, the gunshots and the the rants and the the like background things there's always so much noise going on and it there's so mm-hmm. much like it's exciting and it's, it, it, there's like a clear passion to it. And it's like, it, there's so much energy, but it's also really violent and really like, there's a, is juvenility a word? Is that a way?
1: Uh, <laughs> Immaturity. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, one it, of those.
2: It, it, it's both of those things. They're just, that all like clash and add to that. Energy—it's just crazy. When in the in a to harken back to the red balloon, how something really simple can be um, thrilling. But then with mm. this, it's it's clearly more obvious. But it's it's not like an action movie. Mm-hmm. But there's still a, a heightened pace and like an excitement. I don't know to Mm -hmm. just people talking.
1: I mean, I wrote, the notes for this movie look so, like, Pinterest board. (laughs) Like, one of the lines is just, what makes someone seem beautiful? And then following that, what makes someone seem loved? Or, like, they were paired in the same note. And I was like, okay, calm down. But, like, I think that's really one of those, um, it feels very much like a framing thing in this. I don't know why, but the framing is so um, enthralling to me. Or, like, when you see there's a cabinet blocking part of the camera or like in particular there were these bathroom scenes and I sort of realized they're like if you make a bathroom scene not like it's in a bathroom like if you try to do it or make it something it's not then it removes the appeal of a bathroom scene it's like I feel like the appeal to me of a scene like that is the idea that you're seeing somebody in a place where they're not trying to present more of themselves or they're really like it's such a specifically goal-oriented space um, and one that you usually find yourself alone in. And so I think that it really did a good job of maintaining like when there was dialogue in those places, it felt um, without the pretense that I think that you would find in scenes placed elsewhere. And if you you set a scene there and still included the pretense, it would no longer have that same magic to it that I feel like they do.
2: I wrote down... (laughs) i'm trying to connect (laughs) that in my mind but this like is very much jumping off of that i wrote down anything can happen Mm -hmm. anywhere and i think because Mm. i i'm very drawn to the the sort of vignetted um like it's what was it like 15 shorts that we're all pieced together and it's not like directly in a like start to finish way. It's not, I don't know. I like that sort of um, style of it. So it's one of those, like, like before sunrise, you'll see is kind of just one long conversation that more directly than this, but it's Mm -hmm. like everything that is happening in each of the vignettes is connected, but it's not a plot. And so it's like all the conversations Mm. while they may not be the exact same thing, like they each accomplish pretty much the same thing. Like it's, it's all just part of the whole. Um, And so I wrote it down when they were in the laundromat talking and sort of thinking about like what, (laughs) why that's why a specific conversation would be placed in a specific place like that. But it's like literally just sitting in cafes, in apartments, in bathrooms in bedrooms in laundromats it's like they're I don't know and I I love when they're in that arcade and they're going back and forth from the (laughs) bar to the ski ball and the photo booth that's all like one scene (laughs) and it's so I don't know it's just so interesting but yes Mm -hmm. like I don't know
0: I think it's like that these like things that add up to a grand story whether it's like linear or not exist in spaces that are often like overlooked or like essentially taken for granted that like Mm -hmm. big things could happen Mm -hmm. in a laundromat and that doesn't make them any less special
2: Mm -hmm. that's a good way to put it Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I don't know I just think that sort of placement of importance or lack thereof can make such an impact do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the not in a like oh the setting is a character kind of way, but like <laughs> I don't know. It, it it felt so. I feel like there are a lot of movies now, or I I guess it, maybe not specifically now, but there are movies with massive budgets and they just feel so small because of the settings and it's like there's a handful of like green screen locations or even when it's not it just is like mm-hmm. it makes the world feel really small but this does not do that it feels so open and free and big and like I don't know if it's just because they go to so many places but I I wish I could think of something specific to reference that I feel like feels really small that has a giant budget or, like... But do you get what I'm trying to say?
0: Yeah. This a... is really hyper-specific, but, like... Because I re- recently <laughs> rewatched Easy A with Atticus. And obviously, like, this is, like... Because I have seen Ode High multiple times and, like, watching it with someone who has grown um, mm-hmm. part of their life mm-hmm. in Ode High. But, like, an Easy mm-hmm. A, they essentially, like only use, like, three parts of Ojai. It's, like, the public high school, like, the arcade, and, like, maybe two or three restaurants, and maybe, like, two or three houses. When it's, like, in reality, although Ojai is a small town, like, there are so many different places that they could have used, but, like, Mm -hmm. having this knowledge, it's, like, Mm -hmm. it makes it seem really small, and that, like, they didn't, Mm -hmm. especially with a town like Ojai, which is beautiful, like, that they chose, like, you you know, like, Part of that the feels heart heart of like a it. real <laughs> stretch or, you know or at least like oh i, Ohio, I like to put out the image that it is People very beautiful
2: Ohio.
0: that That's that they didn't yeah. capitalize yeah. on that even though they had all this mm-hmm. room to play they're like here are five six sets
2: yeah to me mm-hmm. the shape of water feels really small and not not in a necessarily intentional way but the way that it's shot and the way that it's like you see her house and the factory and or wherever it is she works whatever
0: yeah
2: (laughs) and then like Mm. some random outdoor shot where it's raining and Michael Stuhlbarg is like standing outside and it just doesn't feel grand but this is so tiny and Mm. feels so mm, not monumental but like I don't know more significant to me than The Shape of Water, which I don't know. And you see, like the guy's apartment. I don't know. I just... was gonna
0: say that now that you say that, I remember watching it, and then like specifically the shot. You know, when he goes to like show the guy like the Jello drawing, mm-hmm. and he's outside of the building. Mm-hmm. It's it's like when they make intentionally. Like I don't know if they intentionally made like their setting small, but it's like when they do like step out of it, it seems really weird and out of place. Yeah, it's like why am I here? Right.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? It, I don't know if it has mm-hmm. to do with it feeling over produced or like certain times when I see like costumes and the way that a set is decorated. It just feels more like you're like watching a movie. Um,
1: mm-hmm. I think I might know why. I I feel like it probably has something to do with. <laughs> oh, god, no. this is going to sound so. Mm. well it's like the idea that they're interacting with concepts greater than themselves versus in the shape of water you're not only literally seeing like her home her workplace her romantic (laughs) interests and friends it's like in this case they're not only interacting with the concept of war and revolution and their political beliefs but like it's like you said like when he goes to the photo booth there are other people there when they're in the cafes there are other people whose dialogue mm-hmm. actually overtakes the audio of the main characters sometimes so I think a lot of it has to do like even if the locations are fairly mundane and limited it's the idea that the characters have a relationship with but, the outside that's world. That's an interesting
2: take I think there's a lot of validity in there In the it shape feels,
0: of water hmm. as a shape of water stand um there are completely I think, Rob. ideas about communism Rob. and corporatism that.
2: It's a fairy tale.
0: It's a fairy tale, but it does engage. I feel like in bigger topics than just like, is it right to hold an animal or like a, a living thing? But <laughs> think, think about bestiality. In this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let- oh.
0: I just love the shape mm. of water, but mm-hmm. I do get the sense of the small set, of, like, the small set Do you setting. get what I mean? Yes, that makes sense to me, but yes, I do believe there are bigger concepts at play.
2: I would agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. I just think, I don't know, I, I don't know if it has but, to do with something more technical as far as, like, the camera work and the choice of sets and things like that, because... I mean, it's not like they were building sets for masculine, feminine, like they literally were shooting in, in the locations, like with natural lighting. And it's not, it's like a documentary mm-hmm. style, not like a legit set. So I don't know if it has to do more with like the technical side, but something about it just reads to me uh, in a way that disconnects me from what's going on in the movie you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or just takes me out of it.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I don't know. I don't know why I was saying that, but this feels grand and large. (laughs) (laughs) And, and yes, they both are talking about things that are bigger than what is immediately presented. What did you think of the, um, sort of, uh, title cards between some of the sets what did you think of the gunshot choices what did you think of the combination of those things
1: I really liked it um I think that it's something (laughs) an element that you really have to use carefully or you really have to know exactly what you're doing if you're going to use it but these not only felt like planned and um not to be like they were used well because they were funny, but like I think the fact that they serve more—they're um, not just like—and this is what's mm-hmm. going to happen. It really like directly ties things thematically or like sends you in a good direction in preparation for and closure for the scenes before and after. Like I think instead of being a title as a way of being a heading, it's a title as a way of um, giving you a hint. Yeah, if that makes sense.
2: Definitely. Did you? um uh, what did you think? I guess with those specifically about the, like I was saying earlier, how it I I took back the fact that it doesn't like take a side or kind of like make a statement because I feel like that is where the biggest statement statements are made throughout the whole thing because it's it's not being spoken to by a character where you're gonna get this specific bias toward because of like the way they deliver it what their thoughts and beliefs are but it's literally just white text on a black background that is a philosophy it's a it's a (laughs) manifesto like it's it the delivery is so different as far as the statement Mm -hmm. that i think is being made here what did you think of that
1: i think that it's i like the idea that you're presenting like the removal of character bias from um from the text and i think that that's something because the rest of it is shot to be so personal or like in relation to the characters like we discussed like a lot of the things that happen are very mundane so it's like we're really trying to see or being forced to see through the lens of these characters and so looking outside of them for a moment is definitely a a bit of a shock, and, like, with the gunshots and everything, I think it's intended to be, like, to remind you that um, they are people, but whatever these ideas being presented are, are still supposed to stick out to you.
0: I was really kind of confused (laughs) about the gunshots. (laughs) Because, like, and it's also, like, I wouldn't say it's a a consistent theme, but, I mean, there is lots of gunplay, if you will, in it that i don't want to say like it doesn't seem necessary but it was just like it, it was like a it was, it was very much like a lot of the gun stuff was interesting because like whatever the situation was before the gun came out seemed very like background and then like with the introduction of the gun it was like now it's like with the first mm-hmm. with, the, with the woman in the cafe like of course like you hear everybody mm-hmm. kind of talking and stuff but then like you weren't really paying to them paying attention mm-hmm. to them, anyways but then all of a sudden it's like right there in your face yeah. and then like, the one that really threw me off was the one in the subway with the because also like I was confused as to yeah. who was holding the gun the um, girl yeah I read that in the Wikipedia afterward because I went to <laughs> synopsis just to make sure <laughs> just I, so like, check. everything go,
2: what I sleep through <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> um and and they're like the woman's holding the gun I'm like okay but then like when I was watching it I was like wait who's holding the gun Mm -hmm. and like but I don't know and like maybe it was supposed to be like like the severity of like when a gun is involved or like how things can escalate quickly when a gun is involved but like I was like why people have guns (laughs) why they shoot noise (laughs)
2: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) Um, I might have a theory okay Um, and when we were talking about like the revolution and how they interact with these concepts and and distance and privilege I think the fact that these characters are around so much violence and yet never seem to be affected by it or their goals and motivations don't shift even as they see these great acts of violence um, that could be you know could correlate to the ideas that we talked about in terms of that they're um separated from the actual experience of the social movements that they're trying to discuss. That makes sense. Yeah.
2: Um there's one thing I forgot. I wrote down the two there were three things I wanted to say. I can't think of the third one. But um with the scene in the subway specifically, I think there's so in again, be it's hard to like it's hard to discuss because it's from Paul's perspective and so it's like while it's saying certain things, it's about him. So I don't know there is so much that needs to be taken with a grain of salt. But for the time that it was um the sort of flip on while being like, oh, like this is <laughs> this is the <laughs> statement. But for For them to flip it, and it's like this little white woman who's racist is the violent one <laughs> while she is accusing these people mm-hmm. of color of doing exactly what she's about to, to do. do um and mm-hmm. yeah w- does implied
0: i like like I got that part of it, but then I yeah. guess like my the bigger question is like why is that in the movie, or yeah. just like. Because it's just, like, mm, I guess, like, not that they're, like, kinder to, I mean, because she's, like, a background character, obviously, she's not a main part of the story, but it's, like, why was this one incident chosen to Mm happen?
2: Well, I think that kind of, Mm -hmm. that was part of what I was talking about with, um, or I guess kind of asking with the the distance that the characters have from these actual social issues mm-hmm. where he like starts to attempt to stop them, but then doesn't do anything and then uh-huh. goes on about the activism and this and that. And they're like,
1: they're mm-hmm. all of these
2: conflicting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And them not lining up with his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think because it's about him, that's that's why we get it this way.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it's I don't know. I, I like this kind of thing doesn't necessarily need to be made anymore because I think yeah. I think well <laughs> for a variety of reasons, um, but getting the story told from the two men on the subway would just be much more interesting and worth talking about at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, okay. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember. I think when you were talking about the girl in the beginning who shoots the guy in the cafe or right outside, I think that's the only kind of background thing that loops around because she comes back and mm-hmm. is the hooker in the cafe mm-hmm. that they're all like staring at. And <laughs> I'm not really sure what, I mean, I guess just that adds to the sort of reality of it where it's like, sure. They would see this girl again, or like in the same cafe, you know, or just certain things that I don't know. I enjoyed that. And then another thing about the gunshots that I, find really interesting where it's like I I agree with you on so many levels because it's it's like on paper it's like really kind of stupid <laughs> and you're like <laughs> um, I don't know being like oh there's like these like random gun sounds in the background <laughs> while like words are flashing across the screen and it's like kind of like there are certain things that are really silly about it but then there's also the like so many concepts that are here are interesting to me in so many ways that it's it's like even if I don't like it I really kind of respect it and appreciate or f- f- am interested in like I'm curious about it, it- and I, I I really love the that shock part of it that you were talking about DJ, but also the um the kind of confusion in a lot of ways where you don't know where it's coming from or why it's necessarily there or if it's heard by the people or not because there's so many times when it's playing in the middle of things and there's so much like we talked about at the beginning where there's just so much noise going on the whole time like it's always there's always noise
0: um
1: -hmm. what were you saying what? Oh,
0: uh-huh. honestly, yeah. the, wait, going back to what you're saying about, like, it seems silly or, like, it reminds me of, like, right after I saw Citizen Kane and I was, like, it's so cheesy that they would do this and that. And you're, like, well, because they literally did it first. They- <laughs> yeah. that everybody built off of them and I was, like,
2: mm-hmm. oh, okay. And you're, like, like, wow,
0: oh, my God. <laughs> I was, like, this sucks. You're like, wow,
2: there really was some smoke in that light. <laughs>
0: Or, like, it's for me, it's the zoom-ins, all the zoom-ins mm-hmm. in Citizen Kane. I'm like, oh, my God.
2: Yeah. But everybody's Damn, that thing. kid's going down the hill, <laughs> and I'm seeing the bed inside. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's crazy.
0: It's just, like, that it's so big. That movie like,
2: feels big. Citizen while Kane. also feeling so small, yes. When you see the, the, when his house is getting turned into, like, the museum with all the crates and stuff.
0: <laughs> crazy.
2: Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Stands. But
0: <laughs> it's interesting, like I think also like as and it's been I feel like the problem's only gonna get worse as more movies come out, but it's so interesting as like, you know, young people in the the year twenty twenty to like watch these films and it's like your first or apparently my first instinct is to be like this <laughs> is played out and then to be like, oh wait <laughs> feels a little
2: tired. <laughs> I've
0: like, Because, I mean, like, you could even say, like, Wes Anderson's, like, book is very yeah. similar uh, in The World of is very. It gives off a similar essence, perhaps not as aggressive and not as, like, se- world-separating, but yeah, obviously inspired by totally. that concept. So is just interesting.
2: Very, very French New Wave-esque. <laughs> um, Godard-esque, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I was thinking about how unintentionally like three of the movies we've seen so far are like really title heavy. And like,
0: <laughs> I <laughs> hope
2: that's not the case with the rest.
0: The other thing I think that kind of ties, I would say, Girl Sleep, Royal Tenenbaums, and this uh, yeah. all together is also like, like how we we're saying, like the use of background people as like world building. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like mm-hmm. in Girl Sleep, like there's always something else going on like, in the background, or especially, like, at the party, and that, like, with the Royal bobs, like, even if someone's, like, at the forefront of the camera, something's happening, like, I don't know why I'm using my hands, because no one's going to to see it. But, like, something's happening. The Patreon,
2: uh, <laughs> the patrons, uh, <laughs> if you want to see what Sarah was just talking about, please. Uh... We're
0: not even recording that, though. We're not even that.
2: <laughs> They <laughs> like, don't you know, know I mean? that. We'll do it in post. And they don't know that. They'll we'll find that out post. after we get their five dollars.
0: Oh, kidding scratch that part out, TJ. But, like, a little, like... <laughs> but, yeah, that, like, these three are very good at, like, using the background characters as, like, world-building in addition to, like, the text mm-hmm. usage.
2: Yeah. And I think Royal Tenenbaums and this more specifically have such distinct acting styles because mm-hmm. um, Wes Anderson's ex- is so specific and like is very much his own language and then this was so documentary style and another thing that um interested me that I read from the essay or I, I don't remember where I saw somewhere that there are rumors that um Godard himself had like earpieces and actors and was like ears and was actually giving them questions and like um, it, instead of what the dialogue was like the scene with the the girl who won the the thing in the magazine or whatever and she, it it's going on for so long and you're just like when will this end like why is he being so awful she's so uncomfortable and literally saying that and it just like goes on for so long and just feels so real because I feel like it was and there are like a lot of theories and like ideas out there that people think it, a lot of them were <laughs> him and earpieces and they just recorded over at the other actors' dialogues.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that's one of those things where, like, ethically I'm like, should this have been shot this way? I don't know. And I can't speak to that, especially mm-hmm. given, you know, we don't know how it was filmed, but just purely from, like, an audience perspective. One of the things I wrote down was, like, don't be afraid to let a simple shot take its time. And, like, obviously this is done to such an extent here but like the idea that Uh you don't need to cut for every piece of dialogue feels so important and then when it comes to these interviews um I really like that you see both the characters like facade and then when it breaks like I think you see a lot of that with Madeline and um Maddie Madeline Madeline. I don't know um (laughs) (laughs) yes who's Maddie um Like I love seeing these actresses faces drop and it's like, it's obviously you don't want the characters or the people, you know, God forbid be uncomfortable, but there's something so uh, intimate and magical about this moment of like.
2: Uh huh
1: seeing it happen like seeing somebody process something or really seeing them think which is of course the performance you know ideally and um a good performance at that but I just love yeah I I think that that
2: is a huge part of the the sort of intimacy that is involved in a project like this that has to exist outside of just what's on screen
1: <laughs> we pause? We've lost Sarah. <laughs> you yeah, will pause.
2: Um, can, can we? Uh, recording? We'll be. Yeah, we're going to go to a commercial break right now, uh, and we will come <laughs> right back.
1: We are back from commercial. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Thank you for that <laughs> cameo. <laughs>
2: yeah, da. Uh, Donald's doing personalized cameos. This holiday season.
1: He has a cameo now? Is it for charity? (laughs) Currently accepting donations. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Please. Wait, I missed it. Who has a cameo?
2: Um, Donald Duck. (laughs) At the real Donald Duck. On cameo. Yeah. Check it out. That's incredible.
0: Perhaps I will. She has unbugged herself. I think she just has a rough mm. start.
2: That's
0: good. Oh my <laughs> I was like under the bug. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's staying
2: in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> a
1: quick word <look laughs> for Sarah. Um, what I was addressing. What? Bye,
2: Zappy. Thanks for coming. That was Zappy. I mean please. Donald, let's, Donald. cut that out, cut that out, <laughs> no one can ever hear that I mix them up, please,
0: the mystique oh. is ruined, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sorry oh, Donald,
0: god. it gives me Donald, um, oh.
2: have you guys seen Silence, the Martin Scorsese what? movie with Andy Garfield <laughs> oh. and Adam Driver, oh my god, so funny. Me and Nicole went and saw it at like eleven something at night on I don't know if it was New Year's, but it was like late in the year and and it's like three hours long. We got to the theater at probably like one thirty or something, and it is this it's it's called silence like there's a, a, a variety of jokes that could be made about the fact that it literally is like Not the so slow and quiet and nothing happens. But it's so funny. There's this one guy. I can't think of his name, but he's a real hoot. Anyway.
1: I'm gonna <laughs> us back to Go the topic. Stream um, <laughs> <laughs> so what I was saying while well, Sarah uh dipped out was that one of my notes was um, don't be afraid to let a simple shot take its time. And so I spoke about the um, the value and magic, at least for me personally, of getting to see either the characters or in a worst case, the actresses' faces drop or like the way that they smile until they don't. And that feels like such a, you know, even though masculine feminine feels like very misogynistic inherently, like if you're going to discuss the concept of femininity, it feels like experiencing the smile as well as the breaks between that is such um a thing I think for femininity in general and that part of the experience, and it feels so special to see it or to not cut away from it on every single piece of dialogue
0: I think like in in that too like although like there are like the misogyny but there is this sense of feminism like you're saying in like that the women all have very like that they're real people, and that although like all this is happening around them, i don't mm. really think most of them are propped or that they're like plot devices that they all seem very well rounded for the environment that they exist in
2: no one gets too manic pixie fied mm-hmm.
0: yeah and even like Madeline how she seems to you kind of are worried for her maybe at the beginning in that sense but she definitely like
2: mm-hmm.
0: has a personality like outside of and
2: desires and goals yeah Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I think she's gay. Oh my god. (laughs) She might be.
2: It's France.
1: Think about it. I think she pushed him out of the window so she could (laughs) live in the apartment with her girlfriend. (laughs) And raise there, or she was going to have an abortion, but
0: it's like they could raise their baby together.
2: No more nuts and bolts in the bed.
0: (laughs) That was Jesus.
2: It was.
1: It was was wild
0: when they were like, "like What are you gonna do?" And she just trips. She's like, "I heard a curtain rod." Like, we'll do this. I was just like, "Wow!" And like, and not in like a shameful, like, "Wow," but like, it just like to be so sure in your answer of like, like there was no hesitation. Just like, I heard a curtain rod. Mm -hmm.
2: Oh, I there's something I noted that I that makes me think of that. I think. I said, thought of something about um, just conviction, the, the conviction and passion that people have for things that I just don't feel like I do. Like, I feel like so frequently my, not necessarily my thoughts on just things in general, but like, I don't feel so black and white about anything in the world like everything to me is super gray and I just find it fascinating that everyone here has such strong opinions and such like assuredness in them I just find that so interesting and that I feel like is unless the point of the character is that they are gray I find it so interesting when there is such a black and whitedness to characters or just people in general, like, I feel like you have to, for someone to be, maybe just in celebrities, I feel like in celebrities, you have to be really polarizing, you have to, like, be really sure of what it is that you're saying and what you stand for. I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say with that.
1: Maybe in that way, it's, like, a sign of <laughs> a sign of the times, but, like, if you're going to play with these big political concepts, like... I think that in the same way that everybody, whether, you know, I think all activism is to an extent performative, but like the heavy influx of extremely performative activism, I think the idea of having conviction um, sort of comes with the way that you are socialized to interact with these concepts. Like you see when he's, you know, interviewing that girl, Miss 19 or whatever, it's not just like, Oh, what are your thoughts? It's like, there's such an implication of like you should know these things or you should care about these things. And I think that with that friend group, every single person who's been added to it over the course of the film is socialized to like have these values. And I think that that's like a lot of where the conviction comes from and probably where it comes from for most people right now too.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. There was a lot of the people who were ignorant were shamed like her I feel like it's very like she didn't know there was a war going on or was that the other girl someone and they were like shamed for it yeah
1: I think that was miss 19 I don't know Mm -hmm. I would bring up another one of my notes in a a very extreme pivot um as soon as the line was said I wrote it down because I knew it would be on Pinterest um was we can't live without tenderness we'd all kill ourselves and then the eventual end of the movie like that's so fun like not to be like that's fun but like it's one of those things where you're like oh this Uh is gonna be like one of the quotes you know i
0: think it's interesting too in the sense of like they weren't tender to each other at all (laughs) like ever throughout the film Mm. like perhaps in this one moment in the bathroom but even then they're big kind of bickering and fighting and like there was no tenderness in this I guess maybe in like the, the traditional sense of like soft caring or like affection. Mm-hmm. And or that those were displayed in that not that they didn't show affection to each other throughout the film, but it wasn't it's in aggressive. a way that I considered tender. Yeah, it was all very aggressive.
2: Yeah. Totally.
1: Mm-hmm. Um not to connect it back to Herb Garden too directly, but I feel like the concept of a character obsessed with love, or like he says, you know, love is at the center of the world. To like so very clearly not know exactly how to go about how to go about doing that um, is so interesting. Especially like you said, it like he Paul claims to love Madeline and whatnot, but this version of love is so um, it's not just possessive. That that feels like such a um, Two dimensional way of expressing whatever their relationship is. But um, I don't know. I think it's really interesting the way that love plays out for this character who clearly puts such a a weight in it.
2: Yeah. Which is interesting because another one of those sort of where the, the words don't line up with the actions. Like he is so aggressive and so it feels very shallow and not from a place of love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I confess and then immediately sexualize and go back
1: between the two subjects. And it's like, not that the two things, yeah, they can't, not that they can't coexist, but it feels like um, such a, a jump in the level of intimacy that is not grounded by any sort of history, whether real or um, implied by the scene. It feels very much like, it was so weird like there's a there was a folder he rubbed right before um like he walked into the bathroom um to follow madeline and i was like <laughs> one of my notes was why did that folder feel violated <laughs> and i don't know how to express that that there was just something sort of like the introduction or like the following felt predatory and then like the fact that that was sort of the um The things really about topics that are so big, I think, is really indicative. You know, it's about like masculinity and femininity, where it's like we are expected to understand things like love or um, politics. And yet, on a, a surface level, we're still engaging with like base emotions first, which might not be the way to do it. Mm hmm. Lots of big words in that (laughs) round.
2: (laughs) No, I think those are good points. Um, I think the, uh, I guess just, we haven't really talked about like the title and how much the gender dynamics drive what's happening and the interactions. And it's like, so at the forefront and everything is super gendered. Um, the conversation about masculine having mask and ass <laughs> or whatever, and then <laughs> feminine having nothing. I don't know. There's just a lot of things mm-hmm. that are, I, are at play that are interesting, but then there's also a lot of, again, because of his story background, but like representation of, um, there's just diversity in the background as far as gender uh, expression and kind of sexual expression and uh, just diversity in race in a few ways, but it's somewhat reflective of the time for what it is. I don't know. I just think that's interesting. Um, Back to the gender dynamics, how that how that is so prevalent and i don't know as far as arab browning goes i don't know how how much the gender (laughs) is i mean like we talked about this where that's not the importance it's not like an expectation of revolution you know what i mean (laughs)
1: I had a thought I was like masculine feminine is accidentally feminist in the way that Herb Garden <laughs> is accidentally misogynistic um, it's gonna make sense so if we're thinking about the director being like uh, misogynistic it's like he was so mad at the way women lived that he accidentally <laughs> depicted their experience incredibly well and honestly um, and because of Herb Garden where I'm like I I just keep writing male characters and being um so invested in the way that that can not work out (laughs) that I end up paying more attention to them or like just like numbers wise there aren't as many female characters although I think like the gender expression experience of most of our characters is pretty fluid you know I feel like Russ is not cis <laughs> for sure um, but like it's one of those things where it's like um, that's not a, of course that's not like a true comparison the The point is not there but the idea of like by paying attention to anything or choosing to give it any time or space in your story you are inherently I don't know exploring that concept whether or not you intend to or not Mm-hmm. Like there's very much a, a thing about um, not only the how you do something, but the extent to which you do it.
2: Yeah. I feel like as far as the general sort of guideline, we've kind of spoken on a little bit of everything here. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a couple things left kind of in the, the summary that I want to touch on, Um unless there's anything else you guys have to say before we go on to that point or that you were thinking ever wanted to share. It's like uh, if either of you check other notes that I didn't bring up or wanted to say. This is a side
0: comment inspired by the recent statements that were made. Do you think Herb Garden passes (laughs) the Dectal test? It probably doesn't. (laughs) But if... Well I so. like the Bechdel test is a very like sh- also a very shallow, obviously, like guideline. Sure. But it'd just be funny that I don't think at this moment in time it passes the test. <laughs> well it It, it
2: doesn't. May not it literally be, doesn't. <laughs> but it, it to com- to make it hmm. No, I'm we not trying to I'm not trying it. to justify it. <laughs> I don't know. But I think the inclusion of genders beyond female yeah. and male is significant. And there still is room and a place to include multiple, specifically female identifying mm-hmm. um, uh characters who speak about something other than a male identifying character
0: that's what I was going to say I think there is I think there are some justifications that could be made because it's like the Bechdel test was made in however long it was made and that like if the only criteria and like what does the Bechdel test even like stamp on a movie does that make it feminist does it make it whatever It just that I think it's just Mm. interesting that that one level of testing female representation that we haven't met. And that, not that it's necessarily a bad thing, because like Jonathan's saying, like there are so many other identities that are being explored that, like, it is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like, is the Bechdel test going to fade out? Perhaps. Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. Or adjusted,
2: oh, at maybe least. Maybe one thing about it. Non-male is it? It's not so much
1: that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that, um like the way that I've written the script and the pronouns that I've put in, like there are a lot of um, he, him using characters. And it's not just like that, well, what if they're secretly trans or like, oh, because I'm playing this character. I think it's also the fact that aside from Ratboy, where masculinity and um, this idea of possession and this specific brand um, of trope that we're playing with, like that feels gendered. But other than that, any of the characters I think you could change the gender and it wouldn't make a difference like Heath could be a Heather and it would still play the way that you want it to Russ could be a uh, female and like that wouldn't mess with the narrative and that I think is where I can <laughs> feel like I've covered my bases or the idea that um, gender although obviously part of these characters experiences especially with Tia I think we explore femininity there and that part of the experience just the idea that um, although we did you know give them those pronouns it is not um not inflexible or not so tied to their narrative that it um, yeah. overtakes their ability to be i also think
2: you have touched on um the uh just the fact that there's not really no one's struggling with their gender identity there's not attention drawn to it in a way that is like oh, like, blah, blah, blah. It just, like, they exist that way. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I feel like that's a big part of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, okay, mm-hmm. other than this, I just wanted to, to say this fun fact that I found um, before we get into <laughs> the end. Um, it, the scene where they're in the movie theater and they're watching that, like, weird, like, art house thang um apparently um the girl who played madeline asked um the director what like film they were supposed to be watching and he told her to to imagine she was watching gone with the wind and so she played it as if she were watching an epic romantic movie and she didn't find out until later that um That's what was playing instead. Isn't that so bizarre? It made me laugh. Um, I said, it's all about one thing, but everything can be one thing. And I think there's so much that it's about while also being just about one thing at the root of it. You know what I mean? I don't know. That always makes me happy. Um, And then because of the emphasis on philosophy in this, not that there is that per se in Herb Garden, um, but I think that that was something interesting that I thought would be worth thinking about or maybe being helpful for writing if you can think about what each of these people's philosophies are and how that goes about influencing their decisions and like what they do and say, I don't know. Um, that might be it. Oh, and also um, I wanted to say this when you were talking about letting moments linger. And I talked about kind of, and I, this is one of those things that I feel like the screenwriting format limits, but fleshing out moments of observation as far as like, why is it that we're watching them do something and how is it important and indicative of like who they are? You know what I mean? There's so many moments in this that I feel like you just are watching. Like when you watch him record the the thing and he's like <laughs> with his hands and he's like talking. And then he like <laughs> doing the ski ball. And then in other scenes when he literally just pours the water and drinks. I don't know. Just I think the care that is put on watching someone do something is so important. And I think there are moments in Herb Garden where beyond the screenwriting format, we should look at and think about that. I don't know, why are we observing someone do something in the way that we are having them do that? You know what I mean?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I don't know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, (laughs) I guess a few of the final questions being what is your takeaway as far as what you think you would like what to do what not to do like what did you take away as far as how this will influence or not influence uh brought in
1: For me, I can say that um, I liked a lot of the framing um, and the way that it sort of uses eye contact or lack of, like it feels very, um, like you said, documentary. I think I liked the way that looked and I liked the way that because of that, you know, the same thing about lingering or the idea that you can really decide where the camera needs to be for the audience. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to show them everything I think that that's something I'd like to keep.
0: I agree. I think, like I said, I there are a lot of things I appreciated and were in like the dialogue and the way that that was presented. But I also didn't really like it that much. So I said, yeah. That's the only thing that I would keep. I like the title cards. <laughs> I don't know if herb garden is title party.
2: We've had so many title card conversations but on the pod.
0: I, I appreciate the title card. Um,
2: but. They're fine. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's pretty much covered everything. So I think the final thing is what would the Herb Gang think? Everyone's favorite segment. What would the Herb Gang think? <laughs> Woo! Sing. Come on down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's good, though. It flushes them out. Little cinephiles. <laughs> hmm. All of them. <laughs> Watching oh, so the Jake good. John Hall movies.
2: <laughs> so good.
1: I don't...
0: I don't know. I'm torn because I'd mm. like to say Tia doesn't like it, but I don't know if I'm just saying that.
2: I think Tia would like it. I think
0: she would she'd probably like that was see- the first one she'd see in like one of her like art classes or something mm-hmm. and she'd just be like wow
1: yeah
2: <laughs> Jean-Luc
0: I'd like to push him out of the window
2: <laughs> oh my god it's crazy
0: her bio like in on like her Instagram is like
2: A child of Karl Marx and Coca Cola.
0: (laughs) 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 I will. (laughs) When to
2: a child of Karl Marx.
0: (laughs) I really feel that honestly. I personally really identify with that. That is also one of the big. It's crazy.
2: It's crazy because I
0: feel like Mm that is just. It is me. I feel. I felt seen by that. That.
2: It. It. It really created. It's the blueprint for Mm -hmm. young adulthood. Mm 60s -hmm.
1: just saying i think russ would be drawn to the like um the dialogue especially the first scene between um madeline and paul or not the first one the second one the first like
2: when they're in the dressing um, room
1: what is the center of the world for you conversation do you not
2: think you're the center of the world i think
1: that's just because that's a good um... line
2: that was my first (laughs) letterbox review of it it's just like it's for me (laughs)
1: It's so indicative of like the way that Russ communicates, which of course is like an exaggeration of how I, could, but I do that in verse. Russ does it 100% of the time, or like the idea of being direct almost to the point of being uncomfortable. Although I think Russ has a bit more of a handle on that discomfort where it's um, warranted and not um, invasive. I mean, at least I hope so. But um, I think that there's an appeal for Russ in the um, vulnerability. Of that and the way that travels. I was gonna say,
0: I think he might get, bored but would he get
1: it? Probably not. <laughs> he would fall asleep. Oh perhaps. no.
2: He's illiterate.
1: He's like, Is there a dub? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's having a little trouble, but he'll, he'll get to the first 30 minutes. <laughs> He'll fall asleep.
2: Someone has to. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of good movies that people could fall asleep to on this list. Don't you worry. <laughs> don't put all your eggs in a masculine feminist basket. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what Petal would think. I have a sort of somewhere in the middle of like, I love it on paper and then I see it and then I... I go mm, and kind of question, but I feel generally positive positive about it because I'm interested in it and it 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 fascinates me. I don't know. So if we're basing pedal straight from <laughs> straight from the horse's mouth, then I suppose that's how <laughs> they feel about it as well, and that's. Uh-huh. Concludes episode <laughs> two of The Watering Can. Thank you all for coming. We had TJ on bass, <laughs> Sarah on the sack, let's hear it. Sickening, <laughs> sickening orchestra. And I have been your triangle player, Jonathan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bye bye.